This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So I used the savings from switching to Progressive 30 years ago to buy tickets to the championship game. You know, between those two teams that didn't exist 30 years ago? Yeah, I'm a big Alaska Palm Trees fan. Which is a team now, in the future? So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is a very special guest. He's been on the show several times. Benjamin Bloom. Ben has a wonderful show on YouTube. I would highly recommend watching. I watch all of his videos. Ben does a great job on the championship. In fact, Ben, I will say this before I go right to you, is that uh, I get a lot of my information on the championship directly from you. I watched the last episode <laughs> about the transfer window, which is interesting because Fulham's nowhere near in it. And we'll talk about potentially why there are no signings on phone. But you do a great job, my friend. So I want to just go to you right off the bat and just thank you for joining me. And we're going to talk about phone, but talk a little bit about your show on YouTube if people aren't already familiar with it. Well, um, we should just have a little laugh about the fact that we're the fact that we're speaking, Russ, means that Fulham have been relegated again, haven't they? Yes. I'm back. I'm back on your show <laughs> and. Um, I don't know. You probably get sick and tired of hearing this, you know. Oh, we're quite pleased to have Fulham back. We're going down to Putney. Hopefully, we get them away in August, building the building the new stand. But yep. n- no, um, 
lovely club. Obviously, you don't want to be in the championship. You want to be no. in the prem, Premier League. But yeah, um, just quickly, and I'm, I'm wearing my own T-shirt here, which is terrible, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, the Benjamin <laughs> Bloom Football Channel on um, YouTube covering all things championship through the season. Yeah. And if you haven't watched it before, please do check it out. Ben does a wonderful job. And uh, I will, dare I say, I think he does the best job of covering the championship. I listen to a bunch of podcasts, but Ben does a great job. And I would highly recommend watching his show and uh, subscribing to his YouTube channel. Highly recommend it. Okay. Ben, uh, I mentioned this to you off air. And again, this really isn't Fulham related, but I I definitely want to get your thoughts on this because this actually hit me hard locally. I want to get your thoughts on the passing of Paul Mariner. Again, this is a, a, a person here that is revered tremendously. He, he was a former assistant coach for the Revolution. He also was a, a presenter, commentator over here. But he had a wonderful career in England and, and played for Ipswich, the, Ipswich Town, a, a club that is dear to your heart. Let's just a few seconds on uh, Paul Mariner and his impact. Yeah, and the strange irony won't escape anybody. Obviously, you can see the Ipswich scarf on my office wall there. Yep. What you probably can't see, but if you zoom in on YouTube, is that there is a shoot cover from 1983, which I was given by, um, if I can give him a little prog, uh, retro frame, as you can find on yep. on Twitter, with Paul Mariner on the front about yep. a month a month before he died. Look, um, absolute um legend at Ipswich obviously it's it's funny with my club Ipswich because in our history we've had one team that feels like it was just light years ahead of any other team that we ever had so when people are doing top tens or picking their greatest 11 the Paul Mariner team just dominates obviously they won the title in the early 60s under Sir Ralph Ramsey but this is the one with Mariner and Gates and Brazil, Tyson Muir and Beatty, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Just yep. players that we, we've we never had anything. No offence to anyone who's played for yep. Ipswich since. We've had some great players. But obviously Paul Mariner and um, I, I dare say a certain hulking Serbian striker that Fulham fans are probably quite fond of um, would probably admit to modeling his game on players like yeah. Paul Mariner, you know, because he could do anything. Look, I never saw him play. I saw him manage Plymouth um, at That's Ipswich right. and right. just the measure of the man. Um, there was a, a lady um, who was too cold. He gave her his coat uh, in the stand and lost his reading glasses when he came back and Plymouth actually uh, beat Ipswich. All I will say is, um, I can't speak as well as my friend David Diamond, who yep. is on the Blue Monday podcast with me. So yep. if I just plug, um, if you just check the Blue Monday feed, sure. um, David talks for a long time and can eulogise about a player that would be worth 80 to 100 million pounds absolutely. nowadays and yeah. just, you know, just absolutely um, beloved. Okay, great. And again, I just wanted to just to mention, I know this is a foam show, but uh, his impact hit me when I heard the news that uh, he had passed. And I just thought I would just mention it. And the connection to Ipswich Town since you were on, I definitely just want to get your thoughts on it. So thank you about that, Ben. All right. Before we get in talking about foam, there is something that I want to talk about. And this is something that actually frustrates me a little bit. And I mentioned this to you, Ben. There are four (laughs) 
podcasts doing for them right now, and they all are excellent. In fact, Cottage Talk next month is coming up on 10 years, which is unbelievable. We'll have a 10-year anniversary show next month. But all four Fulham podcasts are different. They all are great in their own way. And I just saw some back and forth on this, and I'm actually sharing all of the Twitter accounts. I would highly recommend listening to all these podcasts. I do. And part of the reason that I continue to do Cottage Talk and listen to these shows is partially because the media coverage of Fulham sucks and blows. It's terrible. So I started uh, along with Kyle Bond doing Cottage Talk, and there was another podcast at that time as well, and it's grown. It's now four strong, and they're all different. And the Fulhamish pod with Sammy and his crew is great. Fulham Focus with Danny, excellent, fantastic. I, you know, again, I know he doesn't host, but his crew is great. The Friends of Fulham, which is the Fofcast, with my friend, my good friend, Scott Tanfield, my good friend, Mike Craig, both do Cottage Talk, Owen Smith, actually has been on Cottage Talk, and Jerry, Tim. They all do excellent shows. They're all different in their own way. So you might have your favorite, but I would highly recommend listening to all of these podcasts. I just want to just uh, mention that. To Can everyone. I just chime in on that, Russ? Go this ahead. Is- this is not unique to Fulham, by the way. Okay. I can, I oh, can really? speak chapter in verse about. Um, <laughs> look, we're we're on the cusp of a lot of new things in in life. Obviously, we're about what 25, 30 years into the internet now, and yeah. people still don't quite know how to communicate in a <laughs> um, socially adequate way on it. And we're probably, like you say, ten or so years into into podcasts and um it's it's still feeling its way um somewhat and yes everyone now has less of a barrier to entry um and everybody has communication in between and um sadly from from what you're saying in, in a lot of the football spaces it seems like people aren't quite fit to cope with um this <laughs> this ability to communicate and the low barrier to entry now and it's a, it's a bit of a shame isn't it it is it is and what's crazy about this because i get asked this all the time comparing the podcast and i i just say this don't you realize that i listen to all of them because i want the content and they're all different you know there is no show the out of the four that's similar they're all different in, in their way and the good part of it i saw someone tweet this ben and as we talk about the championship you can get your thoughts on foam it's all by Fulham supporters who care about the club. And that's why you're getting their view and all different types of views. You're getting a real, I, I, I want to say, a, a no-holds-barred view on the uh, Fofcast. You know, again, they don't hold back. Sammy's podcast with Fulhamish Pod, the, the Fulhamish podcast is fantastic the, what, the way they do. And then, of course, the guys at Fulham Focus, you know, really do an excellent job as well. And they're all different, but they're all needed, Ben. Like you said, we're still early on if, if you want to look at it in podcasts, but they're all needed because I am missing content on Fulham. I'm doing partially I wanted to do this show with you because I I want content on Fulham. <laughs> and as ever in these things, the cream the cream will rise, won't it? And the, the people will download and, and listen yeah. to what, what they want. Unfortunately, um uh people get a little bit competitive and sometimes a little bit uh confrontational don't they and and let's be honest a lot of the people who are hosting 
podcast now. You, me, yeah, we're not we're not media trained. We do, no. do you know what I mean? We we we're just fans, and yeah. sadly, some people fall into that uh, fall into that bracket of not quite being able to um, keep think keep things calm and understand that they have a you know a, a brand and. You want to be doing a podcast next year and the year after and the year after. Um, don't don't wind everybody up. Is the answer. Totally agree, Ben. Totally agree. Well, thank you for your thoughts on that. But let's now focus as the show will now turn to just strictly about foam. And and Ben, you and I were, were talking about this. You mentioned this early on. It's like, well, you wouldn't be on the show if foam didn't get relegated again. So <laughs> so uh actually I'm gonna gonna take that off for just a second but i just want to get your thoughts ben just in general on why you think foam got relegated again and i know you followed them last season so just your overall thoughts on foam's return to the championship and why so probably three or four um things compounding as we've all relegated teams it's never one thing is it so the first thing i would look at is the lineage from uh, championship to Premier League and the continuity not being strong enough between... Because let's be honest, the championship team was pretty much bombed out by about... Um, oh, I mean, you'd, you'd know better than me, 10, yep. 10 games in. And, yep. you know, it was Rodak, Hector, Reem, Brian, yep. Adoy. Even if you told me Kenny and Mitrovic would not be in the Fulham team, I would be, I would be so surprised. Now... Obviously, if there's a Fulham fan listening, thinking, well, okay, Ben, those players weren't good enough, f- fine, but you know you're going to suffer from the from the lack of continuity through. And the teams that tend to do best um, migrating championship to Premier League tend to tweak rather than completely tear right. it up, don't they? And yes, look, man, very good. Anderson, very good. Ariola, very good. Loftus Cheek, potentially very good. You know, all, all looks good on paper, all all on loan. So I think the lack of continuity was a big thing. And then probably the the thing that Fulham fans were often asking me um, during the championship season, saying, oh, "Okay, we're we're at the top of the league and we're competitive, but..." I feel there's another gear, there's another speed to this football. A few more chances could be yeah. created. And I think that parlayed then into the Premier League. And I, then I, I totally agree. Totally then agree. I know it's on your agenda, Russ. Um, <laughs> you need the lineage through from owner, director yeah. of football, manager, team. So although, you know, most fans love going to Fulham, like the club, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a few a few things not quite joining up. Last reason, Sean Dyche, Steve Bruce, Graham Potter. They just they know how to get to 36 to 39 points, don't they? They don't care about playing three holding midfielders in a game away at West Brom or something. They get to 39 points, don't yep. they? And yes. um so I think those things sort of all com- all compounded. Is that is that kind of um, where you're at? Yeah, and uh, that's kind of where we're going to head here, Ben, because when I'm looking at it, you know, we'll talk about Scott Parker in, in just a few minutes and, and Marco Silva. We'll talk about the 
head coaches of Fulham, you know, again, one has departed and one has now come. But the crux of it, and this is what I really wanted to focus on now, is we talk about Fulham being relegated and the management structure has something to do with that. But, but again, let's just talk about this because, again, Tony Khan himself said, I, I has said, you know, he'd be fine, you know, if a, a few couple couples, uh, I think uh, maybe a year or two ago, talk about being a yo-yo club. Well, Fulham are a yo-yo club. So we have to ask ourselves, why are they a yo-yo club? You talked about the team in the championship. Well, when we talk about later on in the show, we're going to talk about the players because, again, I think that on paper, Fulham have a team that can actually win the championship. But the bigger question for me will, will be, yes, they can win the championship, but what happens if they get promoted again and they continue <laughs> this yo-yo situation that they have? Are there enough players in this team, Premier League quality? And we'll we'll talk about that in a bit because I'm going to ask you the level of a lot of these players. I thought that would be kind of fun. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit later. But full Mario Yo-Yo Club, Ben, you and I were just talking about that. So let's just focus here because I think this is real, really a part of it. The management structure of Fulham, and I think this is – you know, again, fans talk about this all the time, Ben. Definitely we got to talk about Tony Khan, the owner. The owner has – put in a lot of money into Fulham Football Club. He absolutely has. And uh, it took me a little bit to really focus on the role of Tony here. Tony's the director of football, and it's difficult now when I really look at it. He has a full-time job as a promoter for AEW. He's also involved with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he's also the director of football, which is a full-time job. You know, and, and again... This episode isn't really supposed to be about slamming Tony Khan, but it we should be looking at the structure of, of Fulham because I think this is a huge factor in why they're a yo-yo club, Ben. Your thoughts? Oh, God. So much to say. Let me deal with the yo-yo thing first. And the, the first problem with the yo-yo thing is not actually a Fulham problem. It's a distribution of wealth in English football problem. Okay. It's the fact that... Um, it's rewarding to be a yo-yo club and um, followers of mine, and I can see a few in the chat there, are probably sick to death of me mentioning the dreaded parachute payments. But unfortunately, we have a system where we have some tiers. We have Champions League money. Amazing. Brilliantly. Get, get it if you can. Premier League money. Incredible. If you're getting that Premier League money, you are in the elite in world football. And then we have the parachute money, which is paid to a relegated team, and then we have everybody else, and that's where the cliff edge. So unfortunately at the moment, English football, the cliff edge is just underneath where the yo-yo teams, and let's name names, and all great clubs, uh, West Brom, Norwich, uh, Fulham, Harlan previous years, they're above the waterline. So if I'm the owner of those clubs, rule number one I am in the haves and not the haves nots. as long as I've got, even if it's Premier League money for one year and parachute money for two years and Premier League money for one year and parachute money for two years, I'm in the haves. That's okay compared to everybody else who gets 7 million quid TV money and 13 million losses on the FFP as opposed to 45, which, and again, I'm not taking a shot at Fulham or Sheffield United or West Brom. That is the system. And right. you then have the likes of Norwich going up 
and basically saying, okay, let's do this in a three-year cycle. We're not going to spend any money in the Premier League. We're going to finish bottom. And we're going to then reinvest. And then when we come back, we might spend a bit of money. But if we go down, we're still in the haves. And then maybe on the third promotion. So at the moment, the system rewards. It's okay to be a yo-yo club. From a financial point of view, from a fan's point of view, it's um, horrible. Absolutely horrible, isn't it? Because you get in... You get you, you don't know, uh, and honestly, I, I feel sorry for the fans of the of these clubs uh, per se, because um, they don't they don't know they don't know what they're watching. They're they're overly smug in the championship, and then oh, we've got no money in the Premier League, and yep. kind of don't really know what it what it is that they support. So that would be the um, that would be my suggestion in terms of. Um, the actual yo-yo club that um, put it this way: Would you rather be Fulham than Derby or Forest or Sheffield Wednesday or my club Ipswich, who spent years trying to compete yep. and then, in the end, slow death? Now, um, on the second point, Russ, I am yep. fascinated by this because um, I used to watch wrestling when I was. Um, <laughs> Now, when I was young, I used to watch wrestling in the in the late nineties well, when everybody used to watch wrestling, and right. I still tune I still tune into a few wrestling podcasts because I find the whole you know it's quite fun and interesting. Yeah, of course, of course. And Fulham get mentioned on wrestling podcasts all the time. Yeah, and and these wrestling commentators are asking, what do these Fulham fans think of this guy um, appearing on a wrestling um, TV show? in America when he's yep. supposed to be the director of football. I mean, you said it's a full-time job. By yeah, the way, in, in football, a full-time job is not 40 hours a week. It's 80 hours a week, isn't That's it? That's right, Ben. That, of course. Um, so I just spin the question on you because the um, when you see Jamie Carragher going on TV, calling him a <laughs> clown for um, arguing with fans on Twitter yeah. um, and – you, you know, don't get me wrong. If he's um, if he's been given a script and playing a, you know, he's acting on on the wrestling show. Fine, yep. whatever. But he's not being a director of football when he's when when he's doing that, is he? Right. Um, and th- there's a bit of a sense that um, well, he's people are suspicious of him, and at worst, um, laughing at him. I, I think. What's your view from the inside? Well, what's interesting about this, and I will say this, I, I believe Tony believes he could do all three jobs equally. And I do, you know, and again, there are, there are fans that think that he doesn't care about Fulham Football Club. I disagree with that. I just think that you need someone in charge that is specifically just concentrating on Fulham Football Club. Someone that could actually be at Craven Cottage at Mottsburg Park all the time working with the head coach and now being Marco Silva. So when you have someone that's this far away that believes that he can do it all, and I truly believe he believes that, I think that uh, I, I think it's too much for one person to do, and I think that he should pass on his duties to someone else. That n- doesn't sound like it's going to be the case. And i got to be honest with you. I think he should just become the next v- Vince McMahon. Because do the wrestling. Just be Vince McMahon. He wants to. It's it's obvious to me that he likes that role. Be Vince McMahon. It's okay to be Vince McMahon. 
the promoter. He's good at that. But hand off to someone that can actually be concentrating solely on foam. That That's where I stand on that. And again, I was willing to give him time to see if he could really work this out. But honestly, you know, you have these relegations. At some point, you have to say it's time to move on. So I'm there now with it. You know, I if he kept Fulham in the league, if Fulham stayed in the Premier League, I, I would have said, okay, stick with Tony. But he failed. The team failed. So change is needed, but they're not going in that direction. They, they're going in the direction that they brought in Silva. We'll talk about him in a bit. I just don't think they went far enough. And I think ultimately when we talk about Fulham being a yo-yo club, Ben, this to me, the management structure of Fulham with Tony as director of football is going to hinder that. And I hate to say that. And again, this is not personal against Tony. I just think that it's just asking too much of someone to do three full-time jobs altogether. And like you said, it's not a 40-hour work week. It's an 80-hour work week. 100%, yeah. And you know what football fans expect. And um, if I can bring it back to my club, Ipswich, who've just had a very unsuccessful owner who wasn't there every day of the week and who did run a company, but then didn't delegate uh, things down to, I would say underlings, but, um, you know, if it, it, it's, it's okay to, um, you know, delegate things down. And, right. and then, then of course you hear this idea, ah, um, is Fulham a, a vehicle to have NFL in London and, right. you know, all of these other interests. And look, we we understand that very rich people have their fingers in lots of pies and often to often to very successful effect. You would know way better than I about that because you know so much about American sport where right. the, the same guy will own um, franchises in three or four different sports plus a TV network plus a newspaper plus sure. um, all of that stuff. But English football is a little bit different, isn't it? It's come from right. the idea of, you know, the um, the butcher's son or whatever at Manchester United going on and owning the club and like you say virtually virtually living there so right exactly it's, exactly it's certainly something that's grown grown legs with um, with Tony Khan and um, you know whether it's good bad or indifferent it is the only club that's regularly mentioned um, uh, to people who are watching wrestling on the tv in america it's 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 crazy you know and again you know it's funny because i mentioned this on a prior show ben uh i have sirius xm radio and also on my tv they've been promoting aew's event in new york city tony's all over my tv he's all over my radio and it has nothing to do with film it has to do with aew and i'm thinking concentrate on that tony concentrate on that and to your point ben you're talking about American owners buying multiple sports teams. That's common. I'll even use Liverpool as an example. John Henry doesn't make the decisions ultimately. on. Ultimately, yes, he owns Liverpool, but he has a team in Liverpool running Liverpool. So again, why doesn't Fulham have a similar structure where you can own the team, but you pass it on to people that actually are concentrating solely on your team and Tony feels that he can do all three. And uh, again, uh, I don't know. It, it, it hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out. And I wish that he would just concentrate on AEW. 
And but you know, it is what it is. And I think, you know, and again, I think it's a factor in why Full Mario Yo Club, going back to that. But you brought up a good point about the money. I think there's something else going on with Fulham there, Ben. In in what respect? Meaning meaning that that the fact that that you have Tony in charge of of uh, basically shopping for the groceries, as we would say over here, picking the players. And, you know, he is, you know, again, concentrating on two other ventures and it's difficult to get all three done at the same and, time. And the know. ridiculous thing, Russ, is we're, we're talking about a family that's worth literally billions, billions, literally billions. That should be the biggest asset you can, you can possibly have in, in football, isn't it? Um, you know, independent wealth to, to bail you out of, any situation but yeah. like like you suggested if it's um well I was going to say third or fourth it doesn't even matter if it's not first on your priority to do list then uh you know how competitive english football is exactly you'll, you'll get chewed up and spat out by somebody who has got it first on their priority list yeah absolutely okay well let's move on and let's now talk about the situation at head coach because again I first want to go and get your thoughts on the departure of Scott Park. And what's interesting is I'm going to go back two seasons with you, Ben. I remember mm-hmm. having you on after the Blackburn match. And you you were there at Craven Cottage. And uh, I think you, like myself, were expecting to see something similar from what we saw in Slavisa Jokanovic. We did not see that for that entire season. In fact, we started to see something that got phrased Parker ball. <laughs> so I want to get your thoughts because again, I'm, I was ready to move on from Scott Parker partially because I wanted to see a more entertaining brand of football. And I also wanted to see someone that was more proactive instead of reactive. And Parker could end up being a very good manager at Bournemouth and further along in, in, in his career, but I was ready to move on from him. I'm curious your thoughts about Parker's time at Fulham and him moving to Bournemouth. Yeah, so probably the worst possible thing for Scott Parker in terms of Parker ball, because that's obviously a a slight backhanded dig that he was managing in the league at the same time as Marcelo Bielsa was (laughs) um, doing the same thing at three times the speed. That's right. um, That's right. Leeds Leeds United. Look, um, it's... To me, it's very, very binary with year one parachute teams. If you go up, you've had a good season. If you don't, you've had a bad season. Even if you lose in the playoff final or what have you, you should, if you're competent and you can manage the descent, you know, into the division and not have too much chaos in terms of your recruitment, you should be up the top end of the table. And I remember adding it up, actually, Russ. I think I saw Fulham eight or ten times in the in the flesh that yeah. season. And I think Mitrovic scored either eight or ten <laughs> goals in... No, seriously. Um, I remember. I remember. just scored yeah. in... Every time I went to watch Fulham, he scored. And I remember I remember a game at Derby where yep. you, weren't, you weren't in the game and you just scored, you know. And um, I, I saw a few games at the Cottage. And then, and then I suppose COVID and all of that business and... Uh, I maintain in that season that Leeds were very good and everything else was a bit much of a muchness. West Brom had Billich, who was, you know, on it. Brentford weren't quite, you know, at their 
at their climax and Fulham Fulham had Mitrovic and I know yep. essentially I you know finished the playoffs without him actually starting but yeah um it, it was very much a sense of um well he got there so it must be a good season let's see let's see what happens next and yeah another another relegation has come look obviously the He's very handsome. He's very young. He used to play for England. He speaks very well. He does an emotional interview after the game against Wembley. He, he's he's friends with all of those um, all of those guys in the media played for England yeah. with Scott Parker. So the perception of him um, is that he's um, is that he's great. Um, he got a free pass from the media, Ben. He got a it, free pass. I think so. And then, of course, at the start of the season. Tony Khan took, uh, we'll use a good wrestling term here, took all the heat That's for, right. um, for, for Scott good Parker point. and, That's good and point. The, blame, the blame went in that way. And I suspect he probably still is. Um, look, I, I never want to be one of these people who is saying after one or two seasons of, so what is it with Parker? Two full seasons of management. No, he's not Marcelo Bielsa. No, he can't immediately get that pattern of play going within a couple of months. Um, but I think there's potentially a good a good manager there, a good a good communicator there. Um is he is he gonna take Bournemouth up? We'll see. I think a lot of Fulham fans would hold their hands up if at the end of this season Bournemouth are in the automatic spots and say, okay, boy's done the guy's done well there. And I think a lot of Fulham fans, if Bournemouth are tenth, are gonna be going, ah <laughs> I told you, aren't they? So I think we're going to, without um, giving you a politician's answer, yeah. we're going to find out a lot in a year two parachute team oh, I with agree. Bournemouth yeah. that's probably going to have to sell Dan Juma and Billing and possibly Brooks at, at some point. He's not going to be bringing in Cavaliero, Knockart and having Kenny Mitrovic, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be uh, a little bit of a... Um, uh, more austerity post-COVID type recruitment at Bournemouth. Okay, excellent stuff there, Ben. And uh, it'll be uh, interesting to watch, and we'll be watching the entire season. It's going to be a comparison between Fulham and Bournemouth all the way through. So we'll see. You know, it's a good point. We should uh, have a, a, I guess you could say, a winner by the end of the year. Who won? <laughs> Fulham we'll or, or Parker? You know, we'll certainly won? we'll certainly know more. And just to make a comparison, Russ, yep. and I was giving Norwich fans this comparison all last season. Yep. Bournemouth went down in a not good financial state and sold Wilson, Ramsdale, and Ake immediately. Yep. And I've spoken with Norwich fans about this. That would have been the equivalent of them selling Pookie, Buendia, uh-huh. and Aaron's at the start of the season. Norwich, of course, would not have won the league and probably not have got promoted That's right. had they sold those players. Fulham were not in that position when Scott Parker was there. He had Kearney, he had Mitrovic, yeah. um, you know, and then Knockout and Cavaliero, okay, he didn't get the best out of them, but were both promoted players before. So um, this is a harder job that Scott Parker has got oh, now, Bournemouth 21-22 than Fulham 1920 with Mitrovic. Totally agree. He's got, you know, and again, based on what I've been reading and listening, you know, he likes the situation that he's going into. So like I said, best of luck to him. 
but you just brought up a good point. He he might not have the same types of players that he had two seasons prior, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how things work out. But let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the new Fulham head coach, Marco Silva. And uh, you and I were talking about off air that you know, and again, I've had a chance to really dive into Silva and his style of play. And uh, you know, and again, a lot of Fulham supporters are happy that we're going back to a more expansive style of play. So not the same as Slavisa, but a more entertaining <laughs> style. And, um, you know, it should be fun for Fulham supporters. Is he the right fit? Only time will tell. But, um, you know, it's funny. When I when I look at it, Ben, one of the things that I noticed is that some of his teams have started off pretty good. Fulham, Fulham seasons, I, I was trying to think about it. Has there been in the time I've watched Fulham since t- – since 2007, have they gotten off to a good start? I can't remember one. <laughs> I so tell you they, what, when when John Tagana was the manager, they yeah. virtually won, oh. virtually won the league by September, didn't they? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Could this be a situation where we're going back to that? Oh, I, I, I certainly hope so. But listen, I'm encouraged so far of what, what I've been reading and listening to. And, and also I had a good conversation with Richard Buxton, who covered him at Everton. I'm starting to feel pretty good about the appointment of Silva. But uh, again, you know, um, if you look at his, his record, he's been at several teams now and he's, uh, it, he's moved on to several teams. So <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts? I actually watched your video. I would highly recommend Fulham supporters watching Penn's video as he talks about Silva. Your thoughts? Yeah, I wouldn't profess to have the knowledge that you've probably got since you've done the the extra research and that Richard Buxton, um, who had him at Everton for a year and a half, had um from what i can tell the guy is obviously um charismatic obviously interviews very well he was very well loved at hull but ultimately they were they were relegated which is a very binary way to to look at it i think he came in halfway through a season and then um they came close to surviving but didn't yeah. i think he started very well at Watford, but then made kissy faces to Everton midway yep. through through a season, which you probably won't like to hear. But people change and people learn as they get as they get older. And perhaps um, this Marco Silva is going to be saying, "Oh, okay, well maybe I had a crack at the Premier League, and uh, you know maybe I should you know enjoy what I've got." And I believe the first season at Everton was was very good. So look, in theory which the championship has absolutely no respect for whatsoever. In theory, it's a Premier League level manager managing a club that's been in the Premier League twice in the last three years with a load of players that have been in the Premier League uh, twice in the last three years, a load of players that have been promoted from this division and five times more broadcast income than uh, 66% of the teams in the championship. On paper, easy. But come on, you know... (laughs) Not no. in the not in the championship. No, no absolutely not. No, so um, yeah, we we will see. But I, I do still maintain that. And okay, we have to caveat it with all we've just said about the ownership and the recruitment. Yep. If there's not too much in terms of chaos, yes, and you have a competent manager, sure of his pattern of play, that can quite quickly, as you alluded to, yep. and quite quickly, because let's be honest, championship. You've played 15 games by October, haven't you? That's right. You know, That's right. You, you can't you can't have eight nine weeks to get to get used to um, everything. So 
Um, yeah, I'm just looking. Yeah, October the 28th, round 15, I'll be yeah. previewing. So, you know, you can't you can't have a two month can't have a yeah. two month holiday. So, but in theory, if we can go in organize these players, it, it's a do do I want the Fulham job or do I want the Forest job or do I want the uh, I I don't know the Peterborough job? I'll have the Fulham job, please. Right, right. You know, and again, the caveat, and uh, you'll hear this from Fulham supporters. Yes, but you have to work with Tony Khan. That that'll be the caveat. <laughs> but but again, on paper, Ben, on paper, and we're going to talk about this because it's the the ending of the show. I, I want to get your thoughts on the Fulham players because on paper. If they were to keep the club, the the team structure fairly intact, you know, again, players could be leaving. But, again, if they can keep this team intact, this is a team on paper that has a very good chance of actually winning the league. Uh, I look at it now. We're going to go through all the players. I'll get your thoughts on them. But as I really look at it, and, again, there are no additions, and, uh, you know, and that's a little disconcerting to many. But when you look at it, the club right now, based on the players that they have, they're good enough right now. But will they keep all the players? That's going to be the rub. But coming and up, Russ, yes, very quickly, just to interject, really key thing is what Fulham are up against. They're up against a lot of teams that have got no money and just come out of COVID in That's terms right. of actually they're, being able to. And yes, we can look at QPR as a kind of dark yep. horse or Neil Warnock or Mick McCarthy or Chris Hutton who have done it before. But... Uh, this, you know, we're not going to see unless I don't know Blackburn maybe sell Armstrong for a ton of money, right? And they can go and sign five players or whatever. Um, that's the other thing you've got to consider is that that's right. Um, who takes on these three year one parachute teams? And uh, let's be very plain last year, the year one parachute teams were first, second, and sixth, exactly, Ben. And it's funny, and again, I would highly recommend going to Ben's uh. YouTube channel because I watched his uh, latest uh, transfer window show. And what's interesting, when you look at the players that are moving, again, it's small money, loans, you know, league, freeze. League one, free you know, transfers. One, yeah. you, know, you know, again, that is what we're dealing with. And COVID has a part to do with that. And, uh, you know, you're seeing a reaction to it. So so when everyone looks at Fulham and think, well, Fulham might struggle in the championship, I'm Again, on paper, you look at the teams that they're going up against who don't have the money, like you said, Ben. They do have an advantage here. They just have to manage it correctly and uh, and find the right team to, uh, to dare I say, get promoted again, which which I want to see. But coming up next, I'm going to get Ben's thoughts on the foam players and what level they are at because, again, foam want to get out of the championship, but they also want to stay in the Premier League if they get there. The world is always on, but you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale, get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $700 on ceiling. Talk to a sleep expert and unjunk your sleep today. Mattress Firm. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were looking at your phone while driving, let me say it again. Seriously, put down your phone. That is so unsafe. If you didn't do stuff like use your phone while driving, you could save money with Progressive Snapshot. But saving or not, just put it down. 
And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Okay, Ben, I'm going to play a little game. We won't spend too much time on each player because, again, I have a good amount of players. I won't give you all the foam players. But basically, this is what we're going to do because, for me, I think Fulham can get out of the championship and get back to the Premier League but they've been this yo-yo club. So how many of these players are championship players? Starters in the championship are some of these players, premier league squad players. And are some of these other players, maybe premier league players right now, meaning that they could start for a premier league team. So, okay. because I, I want to get your gauges because I think part of the problem with Fulham, especially two seasons ago, is that they had to rebuild the team. You already talked about this. I think I think it's very difficult to add the amount of players that you do once you get in the Premier League. You have to have players, Ben. You know, even if you look at Leeds United, which I, I hate giving credit to, but I have to give credit to. <laughs> you have to, though. Marco Bielsa got a bunch of players. Again, on paper, I think Fulham had a better team, but he, he got them to play at a certain level, maybe above their level, but it tends – these players turned out to be Premier League players. Stuart Dallas. Luke Ayling, um, not, Ilian not Messier, players. Jack yeah. Harrison. They played every week. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But And they raised their game and they became good enough for the Premier League. Well, I'm just going to ask on talent-wise, are these players, what is their level? So let's start sure, here, sure. Ben. Let's start with Marek Rodak. Now, you remember him from the championship and he didn't really get too much of an opportunity in the Premier League you know, and again, listen, Fulham had a fantastic goalkeeper in Areola, so I think you can understand that. But on the time that you've had a chance to look at Rodak, where do you see his level? Can he be a Premier League goalkeeper? Um, possibly not, but good for Rotherham when he was facing loads of shots. Um, he couldn't do the whole pinging it out to the fullback with his feet, though. Could yep. he? So it depends what um, Silva... Um, wants to do in terms of distribution from his goalkeeper and how he's going to protect him. But I would suggest there would be 10-plus clubs who would take Rodak in the championship. Okay. Okay, very good. All right, let's move on to a player that actually Fulham, uh, Fulham made permanent, Kenny Tete. Now, Kenny Tete, I thought, had a decent season. He got injured. And uh, I personally think he is Premier League quality. Ben, what are your thoughts about Kenny Tete? Did you get a chance to watch him at all? I did, yeah. Um, Leon, four million. Ajax, yeah, he should. Yep. Uh, he should be a should be a decent caliber. Um, haven't seen him as much because he didn't play in the Championship season, but right. um, it, in theory, should should settle down nicely if his attitude's right. Although yep. you would suspect, if I'm a Premier League team that wants to pinch a player, maybe on the cheap to he might throw be one in of my them. squad. He might be one of them. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Here's a, a controversial player because I thought he was fantastic with Fulham in the championship when he came in, but just failed miserably last season. Michael mm. Hector. So well, what are again, your thoughts about him? I will I will up my ante on that. I reckon 15 to 20 championship teams would take Michael Hector. <laughs> No, seriously, they would. He's big, powerful. Um, and look, we had a running joke on my channel that you had to drink 
every time in a watch along of Fulham, I said either Hector Ream or Ream Hector, because they seemed to spend the entire game passing the ball to each other, <laughs> didn't they? But, yes. no, God, ask a, ask a Sheffield Wednesday fan if they would have had Michael Hector, because they had yep. him on. They had him on loan. Was it Reading as well, wasn't he? Chelsea. Yep. Yeah, he's a good championship player. Good championship he, player. Uh, you, I agree with that. You, could, you can get promoted with Michael Hector at centre-half for 40 games. Yeah. Uh, okay. The question will be in, uh, can he play the Premier League? I'm Again, it didn't mm, seem pass. like, but I'm not. He, this might be his level, so that's why I wanted to bring this up. Now, here's a here's a fan favourite, and I think he's just a <laughs> championship player. Dennis Adoy. I actually agree with Scott Parker on this one. If you end the season with Dennis Adoy at right back, particularly, you haven't recruited um, <laughs> as as well as you should. Look, I was there in the cottage when it was Dennis Adoy who scored in the playoffs against Derby, wasn't it? That looping, yeah, yeah. that looping header. I yeah. I was there. I was also there at the final. He got recorded, didn't he? Against um, he, he did. Uh, yes, and you he were there, did. weren't you? Oh, I was you, there you for that. Over, yeah, you flew over oh, for that one, didn't oh, you? Oh, I, yeah. I, I, yes, I, I was not as big as fan at that moment. No, um, <laughs> I would have thought that um, they would be moving on from Dennis yeah. Adoy. You know, with, with I all agree. due respect, due respect I, to the player, yeah. I agree. I agree, my friend. Okay, here's one that, again, it's a controversial player for Fulham because he gets injured all the time. Let's talk about Alfie Mawson. Yeah, and Bristol City fans will tell you he gets injured all the time as well. So Mawson was probably the main full guy from that game, uh, Blackburn, that you... Uh, yes. against Blackburn that you you referenced. Um, Mawson is a good championship centre-half. Centre Obviously, he was at Brentford back in the day, wasn't he? He then was, yeah. Barnsley, good deal to Swansea, and then yep. Fulham, lots of money. Bristol City would have finished higher in the table last season if he'd stayed fit. Loads of championship clubs that have Mawson, but Parker, Parker didn't fancy him at all. What age is he? 27. He should yes. be peaking now, but the... The injuries, but I don't, you know whether whether the fit is right at Fulham or not, I don't know. But yeah. uh, again, it's just a reference point. Would if you offered him on a loan and it stayed within a Championship club's um, wage structure, even if you barred him from playing against Fulham, a lot of teams would take Mawson. Sure. Do you think he could step up and play in the Premier League if he was injury free? What are your thoughts? Uh... Uh, plead the fifth on that. You saw um, okay. Anderson uh, for Fulham, oh, yeah. who you think is like a level, oh yeah, a level above, don't yeah. you? And that's yeah. the uh, it's, centre halves are really good now. They're, yeah, they're, absolutely. They're, none of them are slow cloggers anymore. You have to nope. be able to pass. You have three sixty vision now. You can't sit in a low block and head it, kick it, head it, kick it all day. You know, it's, those Premier League centre backs are. Uh, a different breed than we we were used to a few years ago. Yep. Okay. Now, uh, my fellow Americans won't like my take on this, but I'm gonna we're gonna talk about Tim Ream. <laughs> I actually wanted Fulham to move on from Tim Ream because I wanted them to move from the former, say, regime. Move on from certain players. He's getting up in age. I understand having someone with experience on there, but I also think it's a crutch that you can f fall back on Tim Ream. And Tim Ream has shown to me that he's just not a Premier League level player. He is where he is right now in the championship. Could he do a job in the championship? Yes. But I'm actually disappointed that they didn't part ways. You know, and again, I I I, I believe Tim Ream has done an excellent job of Fulham. I just think that it was time to move on. What are your thoughts about Tim Ream? No, I, I think you nailed it. Um, uh, I suspect if the lineage had been that you were having the same manager 
last season as this season, they'd have probably, yeah. you know, those those kind of deals don't get done when you know the manager's leaving because yeah. you let the new guy come in and have a look. But again, you you mentioned a very good point earlier. If you're getting promoted with a 33 year old Dennis Adoy and Tim Ream, oh. that doesn't bode well. No, you're like in you trouble. Said. Well, what do you yeah. do? What do you do next season? Because you're just going right. to bomb them out again. So, right. uh, but you know, if I'm say Hewton at, at Forest, I reckon I can finish in the top ten with Tim Ream at oh, centre back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, listen, I'm not going to disagree with that. Okay, now there's been transfer speculation with this player, hmm. and I actually truly believe he is a Premier League quality player. I think he's going to just go up as he gets more experience. What are your thoughts on Tosin Adarabaya? Yeah, I like him a lot. Obviously, we've um, on the channel we've covered him now at uh, uh, Blackburn. That's right. West Brom, it didn't really work out because he kept getting put at fullback. But um, yeah, there's definitely something there with Adrabio, isn't there? Because he's only 23. School that school that Man City. There's a few clubs been been linked with him. I think ultimately, yeah, he's a Premier League um, okay. Premier League player. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's a player that, again, it's very interesting because uh, he is a very good cross of the ball, good going forward. I think he has some inef- some deficiencies, as I'll say, defensively. What are your thoughts on Joe Bryan? He did left back or wing back. He'd get in most championship teams, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, for if you um, like Mick McCarthy's just taken uh, Ryan Giles on loan from Wolves. He'd take Joe Bryant all day um, yep. at someone like uh, Cardiff. So, yeah, um, he just got bombed out. And I think Anthony Robinson's better um, okay. is the issue for Joe Bryant. Okay. And that will lead me to ask you about <laughs> Anthony Robinson. Because it's funny. I, I remember him at Wigan. And uh, I just think that this young player has only scratched the surface. Ben, I know – Fans last season, you know, thought that he regressed as the season went on, and and that's true. That's that 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 is true. Uh, he got that red card against Chelsea, and everything went down from that. But I just think he has huge potential if he can work on his crossing. I think Anthony Robinson could be a starter in the Premier League, whether it with Fulham or someone else. Yeah, I like Robinson a lot. Obviously, um, I've got a bit of a dog in the fight here because Paul Cook is now. Um, the Ipswich manager who had him at <laughs> who had him at Wigan, um, yeah. of course, and we see it quite a lot now, where the career path often, and um, you need to take someone like Harrison Reed and say the same, and Tosin yeah. and Rabio, you get schooled at the big club the, or the high level Premier League club, you might not get in, but often you know it's one transfer down and a couple of clubs, and and you're back up there and. Fullback, um, 23, I think I just looked up. And yeah, yeah he, he was brilliant in a in a high-energy attacking 4-2-3-1 at, at Wigan. Yeah. Um, okay, I think they have Reese James on loan on the other side. So pretty decent couple of fullbacks there in, in championship terms. But no, I like Robinson a lot. Okay, very good. All right. Let's now head to the midfield and uh, let's, let's talk about Tom Kearney. And uh, it's funny because I remember... I want to say three or four years ago, there was a com- comparison between Madison and Kearney. Who's better? <laughs> well, I, I think we know who won that battle, but I think part of it has to do with Kearney's injuries. And um, overall, I mean, is he a Premier League quality player? I, 
the jury might still be out on Kearney. I, I, I know where he is in this level. He's extremely effective, Ben. Do you think Kearney is a star in the Premier League? I'm curious your view on this. He's now starting to get up in age. Uh, can, can I answer a different question? Because my number sure. for my number for the amount of championship clubs that would take Tom Kearney is oh. twenty four. Oh, <laughs> of course, because yeah, right. they would. And I'm sure Mr. Yukanovich will be trying to do some kind of deal if he can. Sure. Yeah, exactly. now he has dominated the the championship. Is he? I don't know. Is he mobile enough? Um, I don't know. For, I think that's the, the problem for the Premier League. I think um, that's, the, that's the issue. Yeah, um, it, it's just never worked, and he's now. He's now 30, but could he become a Ollie Norwood type figure where teams that want to get promoted sign him and get promoted, basically? But yeah, um, I mean, you'll you'll know better than me what happened last season. Yeah. Um, uh, and again, if you told me the starting 11, what would end the season for Fulham was what it was, I would have been, what? Um, so no, but Tom Kearney at championship level will carve up the league and well has done, done now the yeah. last three times he's been in the league. And I have watched my team play against Tom Kearney and get absolutely I, nowhere near him on several occasions. I, so. I, I remember, Ben. I remember. All right. <laughs> Here, here's another player that, again, there is some Premier League interest and in. there should be. But I th- I have a feeling he might stay with Fulham. What are your thoughts on Harrison Reed? He, he grew into the role at Fulham two seasons ago where he really got the opportunity and I actually remember him going back to that Blackburn match. That's the first time I really got a look at Harrison Reed, I believe. And then last season, he really, I thought, stepped up and showed me that he is a Premier League player. What are your thoughts of Reed? Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, top, top championship player now and could probably do a job somewhere 20 well, to 12 in the, yeah. in, the, in the Premier League. And again, the same journey we talked about at Rabio, uh, Robinson, Yep. Etc. You know, come down. Um, good player, uh, and also he he won over Parker, which um, you're telling me was quite hard to do. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, just to speed things up a little bit, we're not going to mention all the players. Here's one again. You actually mentioned on your show because I think you were expecting to leave. I I again, he's been in training. Oh, so a prim- you, Premier League player. That is. he's a Premier League yeah. player. The question is, what will Fulham do with? They won't Andre be able to Frank afford, and Giza. They won't be able to afford to keep him. Surely he'll he'll be loaned out to Turkey or sold to the Premier League. Or I mean, I dread to think what wages on. But his yeah. ball carrying numbers were supremely good, even in yeah. a not very good Fulham team. In the if he plays in the Championship, it will be a joke. Oh, um, I know. He'll, it'll be like um, not quite the same extent as Buendia last season, but he'll be way way too good for the league and his he needs to have a word with his agent because it's like what am i doing here <laughs> i okay. need to be unless you know obviously no one could come in for him but i'm no. yeah okay now he's very good yeah now here's a player you might not be familiar with but part of the problem i think Fulham are having is that they're not really leading enough on their academy here's a player i think has a lot of promise i hope you see him a lot this year ben hmm. fabio Carvalho. Well, now you it's saw very, him a little bit. Yeah, but... it's very funny. You should ask about Fabio Carvalho, Russ, because I yeah. may well have recorded my ten youngsters to watch in the championship this season video this wow. morning, which hasn't actually yet gone up. And I've probably just given away one of the players who's gonna be now I would be I would be looking for twenty to thirty games from Carvalho. Wow. Um 
the comparison I would make is Michael Elise, uh, not in terms of the type of player yeah. we had at Reading, and unfortunately, Michael for Michael Elise, John not unfortunately really, but John Swift got injured and he ended up playing virtually yeah. forty games. But yeah, um, get him in; he'll be a decent. You've got to create stars, haven't you? And yes. he could, yeah, he could be one of them. He's, he's going to have a he's going to have a lot of minutes, I think. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, just to finish up. And quick, look out for that video that uh, I'll I, put up later today. <laughs> please, please watch Ben's video where he will be actually highlighting Fabio Carvalho. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, quickly on these two players, I'll, I'll give, give you both of them at the same time. Anthony Knockhart and Ivan Cavallero. Now, again, uh, Fulham fans did not want to see Ivan Cavallero play as much as he did in the Premier League. And uh, it's funny because I go back a couple seasons ago where we had uh, a gentleman on who is a fan of Wolves. He warned us about Cavalier. They loved him, but they were concerned that he might not be the player that we were thinking we were going to get. He turned out to be less than what Fulham thought they were going to get. So what are your thoughts about Cavalier or Knockhart? Because uh, I think they have shown me that they're good championship players. Maybe that's their level. Um, I, I I think you've undersold Knockart because okay. I think it, for Brighton, I think he was the best player in the league. Okay, that right. was 2016-17. Yeah. But that was, and again, it's given the players the tools to succeed. And Parker played this slow build-up. And what you can say about Nuno at Wolves and Hewton yep. at Brighton with both of these players was that they kept a solid defence but they gave support quickly, dynamically, yep. got the ball to these guys. And um, Parker's football didn't – Parker wanted Knockhart to be Grealish or something, didn't right. he? Right. So do you think that potentially Knockhart and Sil- – and uh, Silva – Knockhart and Cavallaro might be – might play to their strengths under Silva. Might be, we might see different players with them. Uh, again, I would defer to your superior knowledge on how Silver will actually play. But what I will say is the slow, methodical did, build-up work. Did, did not work for Knockout. And also, it was a big deal for both of them. And yep. they can't that that wouldn't look good on Mr. Khan if he was loaned out to a rival, um, yep. you know, in the same division. So, yep. yeah, Knockout was so good for Brighton, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Two final players to end the show. Let's go to Bobby Decadover-Reed. Interesting hmm. player because uh, I want to say it's split on him because uh, I see his value. I might see him as a squad player in the Premier League. I don't see him as a starter in the Premier League. What, what are your thoughts of Bobby Decadover-Reed? I think he'll do an excellent job back in the championship. I think he's really good. Yeah, and I think um, what Fulham did do – well at short points for last season often revolved around him and him being a wing back and a winger in the in the same game certainly um you know it, if he was in a lot of championship teams in a 4-2-3-1 so he's not the not the main guy or maybe wide in a 4-3-3 yeah yeah you get in most championship teams and it'll be one of these players and can I do a clanging name drop I spoke to Kieran Dyer about versatility actually being a curse and Bobby Reed is one of these players yeah. where it's actually does him no good the fact that 
because you know you know what's going to happen if Fulham are leading one nil in a game. Oh, Bobby, just cover. You just cover deep. Go and play wing back for me yeah. or whatever. And you know, um, other players don't get asked to do that. And you know, it's yeah. sort of Wayne Wayne Rooney syndrome. Their their yeah. youthfulness actually stops them. Um, you know, maybe achieving even more than they could. That's actually a great point. It's like a jack of all trades and a master of none. You know, because yeah. he's well, he, and that's the worst case scenario, isn't yeah. it? No, I, 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 that's actually a great point, Ben. All right, we're going to end with Mitro. Will Mitro be at Fulham when the season starts, when the transfer window closes? I actually hope so. Only time will tell. Mitro, we know, is a Premier League player. What, what are your thoughts of Mitro? Do you think he'll end up staying at Fulham, or do you think he's going to move on? What, just your gut feeling on this. Um, I think he'll be there. The only thing that would stop him being there is if there's something we don't know about finances and, you know, there's problems with money. But again, I will reiterate your billionaire owners shouldn't have, yeah, no. you know, uh, obviously there's the FFP and they've got to make it add up and right. parachute payments. The thing I've always said about Mitro is he's a he's a white elephant. You know, he's way too expensive for any championship club to to take him. And he's kind of unproven in terms of some Premier League clubs, isn't he? Um, So you'd be looking for 30 to 40 million to sign him. And Leeds going to sign him? No. Um, Spurs? Spurs might sign him, uh, you know, with yeah. with Nuno there, but no, he's a and we've already mentioned he's an absolute cheat code in the in the yeah. championship. He if oh, he, he plays 40 games and oh. doesn't score 25 goals, I'll he's just an absolute bully. The defenders yep. uh, can't can't stop him basically and um but he's he's in that um Darren Huckabee um I'm trying to think of other players who would um, Dwight Gale, Glenn yeah. Murray just oh, beat yeah. up in the championship, but yeah. you know, not really get a chance. But I've I've just seen him destroy too many championship defenses to doubt him. Okay, well, I certainly hope he stays, and I think he could really do a job, as you said. Uh, twenty-five goals is—I hate to say it—a minimum, Ben. <laughs> you know, twenty-five well, you goals. Just, you you, you know. would think something's gone wrong if he doesn't. Yeah, because he's just—I I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I could very, very quickly uh, pad and um, bring up these numbers. I'll try and do it as quickly as I can, sure. Russ. Sure. Uh, my bad. So last time, 40 starts, 26 goals, a goal every 138 minutes. Wow. So every three games, he's going to yep. score two goals, basically. And then if you go back to 17-18, when I believe he was on loan, 17 starts, 12 goals, a goal every 115 minutes, even Yep. even better. So he's basically in championship terms, played 57 games and scored 38 goals. Okay. Excellent stuff. So complete uh, destruction. So uh, it's in phone's best interest to find a way to keep Metro and it could catapult in, them back. But and in every other championship clubs um, interest to get him out of the division. As exactly. As exactly. Good point, Ben. Good point. All right. Now, we just went through all the players. We had a good discussion about the structure of Fulham. We talked about the managers. We're going to end with your prediction for Fulham. I know it's very early on, but based on our, our conversation, like I said, we you do think that potentially Anguissa could go, maybe a couple of other players. But if you look at this this club, they're good enough to actually win the division. What what are your what is your prediction for Fulham? Um, look, I'll do. My, I'll keep my powder dry a little bit, Russ. I'll okay. do a full one to 24. Okay. Obviously, 
a year one parachute team who, as it stands, haven't sold anybody yet, yep. are going to be very high in my predictions, sure, aren't they? And yeah, I suspect. I mean, the two I mentioned were Anguissa. I think will be sold. Uh, maybe someone like Le Marchand, although Ligon's yep. collapsed, maybe they could, you know, try and raise yep. a bit of money there. But and I don't know. Let's just assume that. Um, let's assume that. Um, Marco Silva plays a 4-2-3-1. Uh, so Rodak, Christie's been promoted before. Yep. Um, Hector and Adrabio, centre-halves. Robinson or Brian at, at left-back, maybe he'll sell the one yep. that he's not going to play. Uh, Harrison, Reed, central midfield. Josh Onema yep, and Tom Kenny as a midfield three. And if he wants, uh, Mitrovic, Cavaliero and Knockart. Up, up top with a decent pattern of play and no chaos at the club. It, obviously, Sheffield United could have Brewster and McBurney up front and yep. Bogle and Norwood and West Brom could have Pereira and Moa and yep. Carl and Grant. Um, it's normally one relegated team that fails miserably. Um, but, <laughs> I hope it's not for. Okay. <laughs> that didn't happen last season. And yeah. again, Bournemouth would not have finished, dare I say, as low as sixth if they hadn't sold Ramsdale, Ake and Wilson. Yeah. If Bournemouth had had Callum Wilson in the championship last year, he oh. scored more, probably more goals that, or similar amount than we would expect from, from Mitrovic. So look, right. if they mitigate chaos and the recruitment isn't silly and there's not eight out and eight in, yep. um, it's almost the ins that are more important than the outs. They just don't need to sign 20 players. No, they don't. They absolutely do not, Ben. As you pointed out, they need to either build stars or sign a player that will play in the Premier League if they that's, do get promoted. Right. That, should be the, that should be the market. But yeah. it's a bit of a broken market where there's not a lot of money uh, flying around at the moment. And right. maybe if you do get 20 million quid for Anguissa... That that goes in the bank rather than rather than get spent, doesn't it? Right, right, and that's that's the situation with me. And listen, I understand all the talk about it. And Geese is too good for this level, and uh, I agree that you know, and again, more than likely that someone will come in for him and they'll they'll sell him. But I would try not to because I, like you said, Ben, is it is the money worth it at this point? Are you going to reinvest the money? I don't know at this point. The way the market is, and you know the way the transfers are going to be. So, Russ, I, I had a real light bulb moment. I was speaking to a Norwich journalist last year, okay, and we were talking about Buendia, and we talked about Buendia's value versus Buendia's value to Norwich. And See, that's my a, point. Yeah. There's a very sensible argument to say that a player that pretty much Mitrovic or Buendia, Abraham yep. at Aston Villa. A yep. player that pretty much guarantees you're going to finish in the playoffs. It's more valuable a, to keep. It's worth hundred million pounds because of yep. the TV money you're going to right. earn on the back end. Whereas his, whereas Angrisa's value to Lyon or PSG or whoever, I think PSG aren't going to sign him. I know. Right. Is, right. Is twenty million pounds. So we're we're arguing that his value is five times more to Fulham than it is to the club who's going to right. sign him. Right. Right. That's my point, Ben. Is is it more valuable to keep the player? to help you get promoted and potentially build in the premier league or get the money. And, and, and that's something that has to be weighed, especially in the market this season. Listen, we do have to wrap this up before we go. I, I do want to mention the, 
Ben has already teased a little bit his uh, upcoming video, which will <laughs> highlight Fabio Carvalho. I'm just kidding, Ben. Uh, <laughs> but but he'll be mentioned in the uh, in the upcoming video. So check out Ben's video. Ben, tell everyone one last time how they can see your YouTube channel. Yeah, I think I've, I've still got my notes here. There we go. <laughs> there's the there's the spoiler for the ten players on the list. No, the ten, uh, so it's the, ten it's it's the Benjamin Bloom football channel, all things championship. There's going to be uh, a preview show every week, a review show. Yep. We'll do watch-alongs. I do have some lovely news that means I might be away for a while, that um, I will, all being well, become a father on um, uh, the day the season starts, the baby oh. is due. So I may be away for a couple of weeks, but throughout the season, we will we will be here and We'll be talking a lot of Fulham, and let's be honest, we're expecting Fulham to probably score at least seventy plus points, aren't we? So, yeah, yeah, we we um, so yeah, check that out. Hit hit subscribe, and I can't I can't give you what Russ and the other Fulham podcasts give you. What I can give you that is sometimes even more valuable than what Russ can give you is I can give you the perception from the outside of your club with a balanced view and. I will never care as much or know as much about Fulham as a Fulham fan would. But I can often be more balanced than someone who's um, outside the bubble can be because I don't have those emotions. And a lot of people tell me that's why they like the channel. And they'll watch their Fulham podcast or whatever, and they'll get all the emotion and the implicit bias, um, which is fine and we love it. But my saying is please leave your bias at the door. door. Yep. Yeah, we try and do that on the channel. So we try and call it we'll try and call it down the middle and give you the um outside. And thank you to all the people in the chat who are saying congratulations. The one the one useful thing I did in um in lockdown. <laughs> <sighs> yep, we're 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 getting a lot of these, Ben. Oh, thank you. Yeah, very, very, very kind guys. So some some things apparently are more important than football. No, yeah, yes, so ben. I've been told. <laughs> Uh, ben, I have uh, actually, as we record this, my daughter is flying back from Italy. She was on tour. I could tell you about that off air. And uh, she's actually coming home. I got a son that's 13 years old. So oh, enjoy, enjoy fatherhood. I, I can't wait for you. I, I, you, you know, again, you will love being a father. So that obviously we'll, we'll, takes We'll let takes the pressure. Ipswich Town brainwashing immediately begin, yes? <laughs> I, I I did that with my son, so let's just uh, yes, yes, that will begin. Anyways, we do have to wrap up this show. So for my very special guest, Benjamin Bloom, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.